0: Welcome back to Music Sounds Better with Two. I'm Julie. And I'm that. And how long's that been since episode one? That feels like quite a long time that we've left everybody dangling on for. A couple of weeks? I'm going to
1: say three weeks, yeah.
0: Three? Whoa. Two? Three? Yeah, that sounds whole. about right. Yeah. Well, we're just, you know, we're easing our way back into having something yeah. approaching a normal life, aren't we?
1: Yeah, and like it's because like you've got all the new social aspects in your life that like weren't there when we first started this. It's like we certainly trying have to, trying yeah. to slot the pod into the the routine again. It's difficult. Yeah, they it may it's not, not be
0: weekly, but they'll be as as frequently they'll as they'll be that. regular. But well, yeah, yeah, they'll be regular enough. We'll we'll, we'll get them pumped out. <laughs> But, Get it pumped, man. Yeah, we've been watching some to quote Lemmy. We've been really enjoying some some Lemmy videos together, haven't we? Yeah.
1: Although that's obviously. one of the more
0: obscure ones, I believe that quote is taken from uh footage of Lemmy playing the video game Life is Strange. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, get it watched. Just... We highly... Get it watched. Get it watched. <laughs> we get highly it watched recommend. <laughs> it, it is absolutely hilarious. So good. Um. So, yeah, speaking of getting back to normal, I mean, that way have been getting back to normal together. And we have, yeah. Which is not anything like as creepy as I've just made that sound. <laughs> this this is... This week's episode, as you might have guessed, is, um, is based around a little activity that, that we did um, on our little holiday together. Would, would you like to tell the listeners about our little escapades?
1: Yeah, guys. So we decided to experience opera together for the first time. Mm-hmm. And now, Where did you see earlier- the opera, though? in york this in york we went on a little a train journey holiday together yeah and it was adorable it And was earlier that day it was suggested by me that we go on our first um self-driven boat ride together but this was quickly shot down shot because- down in
0: flames <laughs> i mean not least because the boats that we saw Sitting, waiting on on tourists were already <laughs> battered. Yeah, they were Your not. Pair. They were not well.
1: We so, would have not survived.
0: Assuming that these boats have been used by people who have a rough understanding of how to navigate seacraft, which neither of us do. I feel like it's
1: a risk that might not have off. we might not have made it to the off No, I get that, I get that. I get that. But I mean you're using the phrase sea craft quite (laughs) I mean that that's that's quite broadly. (laughs) Yeah, quite broadly. Like it literally was like a go-kart that you could put on the water with like a tiny little like bow on the front of
0: it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) With girls' names on them.
0: I don't think any of these names on them. Why is that? What no, that, that, that more goes... about boats to be able to tell us that? Well, that
1: goes back to that whole old seafaring thing where you call boats hard and all that. Like, ah, she's grand that's upon the right. seas and all it was that, not it? a fine vessel. I mean, none of these uh... were fine vessels, but. Oh, they'd seen better days, hadn't they? No. Something like myself. So <laughs> We did go in a boat, though, didn't we? We did. Um... Oh, On wait, hold on. What was there among? <laughs> No, this takes us down a whole other road. It does, but before it gets down the weird
0: road, it goes down the nostalgia road. It does, it does. Because we saw the boat that we thought we were going to get on to go on our little Mm -hmm. tour, and Natalie read the name off the side of it, and it didn't match up with (laughs) the boat that was in the booking. Yeah, I was
1: like, this is called Sea (laughs) Flags. And then I was telling y'all information about it and I was like, wait, hold on. Did I just say that boat was called Seafax? Which <laughs> then led to us reminiscing
0: about Seafax. 8-8-8 um, on your, um, your handset, your...
1: Not... Um... Which no it's no, it's not Cfax
0: 666 but um hopefully we still have listeners I'm assuming given that this week's episode is on the opera we're gonna have huge yes. demographic that will know what Cfax was before
1: you had you the probably button. you had um, that's true. they'll probably like remember the struggles of getting to grips with the newest technology Cfax yeah <laughs> I mean, without Letting wanting you
0: read- to sound too
1: patronising. <laughs> Letting you read obituaries at 2am with random people. <laughs> <laughs> Booking your holiday. I'm sure you used to be able to book a holiday through so I'm sure you did. It was like very early baby internet it was
0: i mean for our younger listeners we're not gonna yeah. waste too much time explaining what cfax is no it's all and... on youtube people yeah better yet, go, go on YouTube. youtube and put um spell spell c double e f a x what um, you now know yeah yes. and and it wasn't the name of the boat that we got on the name of the boat we got on was the duchess and it was um no. Absolutely. We had a guided tour by a very handsome young man who spent a good hour telling us uh, how flooded York gets
1: in the awful flood of 2000. We heard the a lot flood of that. 2000 was referred to
0: numerous times.
1: He also told us a lot of information about numerous bridges. He did
0: i mean I, I got the feeling there wasn't much to tell about that stretch of water in york no he was really struggling he was really like scraping the bottom of the barrel so he we was made like up, we made our our own stories <laughs> up which we won't divulge here but it went down an AO3 road, it's, as it, it always does. It's one of the things we like to do. So And, and we saw um, a Kingfisher bird, and I got really excited. Oh, that, that was so cute. It was beautiful, and I nearly knocked Natalie of the water. Uh,
1: Julie nearly launched me off my wee primary
0: school seat. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, why do like, boats
1: still have primary school seats on
0: them? Like, school is like simply in the end. It's not they right. They aren't that aren't bolted down in any way. Oh. We soon discovered that when <laughs> I saw guy Fisher and grabbed Auntie Natalie at full force. Oh. Night over the railing. See you yeah. later. So that's been us. We've been on a holiday. We went on a yeah. boat. Mm-hmm. We had lots of delicious food and coffee and, and bought some second hand books and records. And yeah. we were very happy. And we went it to the It was York. cute. Yeah. And given that we do a music podcast, we're, we're going to tell you about the opera. Of course yeah. Natalie's eyes are glazing over. <laughs> we'll come to that. <laughs> and uh, before we wrap up the intro, we do want to say again, we've already done it on the social media, but thank you so much for allowing us to surpass the one thousand lesson mark.
1: Yes. It's made me get off my bum and think about tattoo design ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Since uh, you guys have all propelled me towards the thing that I thought would never happen, which is Mm -hmm. the 1K tattoo celebration. So Mm thank you. See you
0: guys. Yeah, we've got to keep the
1: tattoo industry going somewhere. Yeah. And And I never back down on a promise. A promise made by me is always kept
0: regardless. She does. She's very reliable. However, she's also very <laughs> impulsive and like um, a good couple tattooing, yeah. something. Uh, good but couple. guys, yeah, it means a lot. Thank you so much, and we hope this episode doesn't disappoint.
1: So handles. i Almost sounds like I'm Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I, at
0: least I've pronounced everything correctly so far. Uh, yeah. I have a very wonderful lady that I, I work with who's very into the opera. Um, she's, she's one of those very eccentric, well-spoken women that if. You know if you're going to the opera, you're wanting her to, to guide you through um, your experience ahead of time, yeah. which she did. Linda's wonderful, yeah. Um, but I, I did make a bit of an arse out of myself by immediately going, Oh, it's by Handel because I thought that was like, you say it, and I thought, Always go posh when you're absolutely talking about the opera. And, and she, but she didn't correct me, but she just said it correctly when she was speaking it back to me. Right, got oh, you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that move. Like, don't do that again, you absolute commoner. You philistine <laughs> of the highest order,
0: which we both are. I know, I'm philistine and proud. Yeah, I think it, it can work against you sometimes. I mean, I grew up, I think I spoke about this in one of the earliest episodes, listening to a lot of classical music my mm-hmm. mad old aunt in spain would send me over, right. uh, tapes mm-hmm. of things like the magic flute and um tchaikovsky and yep. people on gondolas talking with very questionable italian accents but with some nice <laughs> classical music going on in the background so that that's so I'm, I'm, I, I suppose i'm prone to enjoying elements mm. of opera because of that you yeah, yeah. have a good solid knowledge and understanding of musical uh terms
1: i have a mean? classical music background yeah as in i spent years playing in an orchestra that basically only played classical music yeah. people wanted to be playing classical renditions of things like taylor swift and other such pop classics. I feel sad I basically, that we weren't allowed that. I know. I basically wanted to be like the Vitamin C um mm. band. I wanted to play like modern things in an orchestral setting and this was too, Which you've too radical. To. Yeah, that's true.
0: And it's <laughs> that's so true. amazing.
1: Yeah. That's vitamin really
0: C orchestra.
1: Yeah. Shout out to you. To it. Shout out to you guys. Wow. We will love like um, Yes. Like you jay will link everyone in the show notes music. um i i love that and that was not to say i didn't enjoy playing classical music when i was in orchestra like, of course i did i just loved playing music i don't care what it was but it just it was always a bit dry i feel like it was always a bit enforced it wasn't what i would normally have chosen to play You're not necessarily um, relevant to you as a teenager yeah What's i just the felt like i quite yeah I just felt quite distanced from it all but it did teach you the discipline that you would then need to adapt to all other versions of music so I get why they did it but it was yeah. just a bit. I, I think was, it's I classical like, music is
0: seen as like a foundational thing which is yeah. probably what my aunt I mean my aunt's hero was Maria Callis who she called yeah. my goddess and that's how <laughs> she would say it she wasn't even American she, she so lived in new york for a bit she ran away from her home in motherwell actually uh oh. to new york and married a very you know well famous in some circles um man um he died she got all this money and <laughs> she moved to live 11 a villa.
1: why is this the beginning of like a pure Shirley valentine-esque she like kind of it. british drama
0: <laughs> because Charlie Valentine is quite a sweet, gentle-hearted woman, and my aunt mm. wasn't. But she That's did um, she did make up for that by sending me little cassettes. But I think that would to her, that would have been I'm gonna give my my niece her um musical education and yeah. all that. I, well, you know, fine because yeah. I loved it. Um so I guess I had that background. Um, the only kind of other exposure I had to opera before this was. The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs>
1: <I've actually laughs> Which
0: is fair. had. I mean, I'm in, both of us are very into musical theatre yeah. and I've actually yeah, 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 yeah. had uh, the song Poor Fool, He Makes Me Laugh in my head for quite a number Aww. of days now um, from The Phantom of the Opera. I, I think that's a brilliant musical. So I think I'd always seen opera as being um, quite unapproachable and...
1: yeah. I would agree.
0: Intimidating. Yeah. And not something that I could ever envision myself going to, ever. I'm yeah. quite happy. I think we're both
1: quite happy I agree. to admit that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Um, like, I guess my only exposure to opera specifically was um, through the TV show Frasier. Um, mm. <laughs> because uh, Fraser and Niles are obviously never away from the opera and they're always that's right of course yeah they're yeah. big opera fans but
0: yeah, back then like Fraser and Niles are upper yeah, class men very like, well to do where very is well our point do. of
1: connection with that yeah mm-hmm. and you know? my dad even more, very much um, a working class dude was a big Pavarotti fan so he always had Pavarotti tapes kicking about awesome yeah, yeah. I think that's just a Italian connection, though not so much. Opera yeah, is, not
0: like, so much Italian the office side of it, but um, yeah,
1: yeah. And occasionally so. you would
0: get stars um, like Pavarotti, yeah. like Carrie um, Tacanoa. I think my yeah. dad liked her. She mm-hmm. did. Did she not do the World in Union um, with Queen Carrie Takanawa?
1: Am I thinking of the right person? possibly yeah. um i know that there was opera pop crossovers because yeah. you have the whole Claire like, um, she did yes <laughs> pop star to <laughs> opera star we're back in episode two <laughs> um yeah and you did you had the whole uh if that's her name yeah. um with uh, freddie mercury doing the barcelona Opera and sports
0: go quite well. Natalie, that's what I think. That's what I'm thinking. Of. mean? It's Barcelona, I mean. I'm thinking of someone with um, the world in union. I'll find out who it was. Fans and DM me. Yeah, who
1: DM me the with
0: their Yeah, I'm sure it was a football song one year. Anyway, that's what I
1: mean. It's like so. Then, <laughs> then Pavarotti and Dorma, World Cup '94. So like, opera and sports seem to have what a history together. Yeah. Like, are, Seems random to me, but
0: fair enough. And in a mu- to a much lesser extent, you've got um you know shows like Britain's Got Talent, where occasionally you'll hear about yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But it takes a kind of certain level of you're committing something when you buy tickets to the opera. And yeah, totally, I think you know we'd we were excited to get out, and I, th- I think there's something about being in lockdown, not being able to go to a show. Um, that kind mm-hmm. of feeling of I literally will see anything that you put in front of me. Totally. I want to be in a theatre again. Yeah,
1: I was saying that like you just want to go out and see live music being formed again, and I'm just sure yeah, the I'm will, sure feel yeah. that way too. I'll be very so. grateful
0: to be in a room yeah. with other people in it, mm-hmm. um, especially yep. if they're playing musical instruments. And we'd looked exactly. up, yeah, we'd looked up to see what was showing on the dates that we'd uh, booked the, the train for. For the October week and it, it was a toss-up between Handels Amadji and uh independent play about the final hours of Marilyn Monroe which almost
1: which I normally would be my pick yeah I find it weird to think that in an alternative timeline we went to we see went the to Marilyn that. Monroe
0: totally
1: that crazy. And I think to me that was like the safe
0: option. Like I knew I would enjoy that, but there was something yeah. of the, the risk taking. Totally. You want to try something um, new, especially now after a yeah. long
1: time, you're
0: like, eh, may as well go for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and we got like kind of reasonably priced um, seats. Mm-hmm. They were right down on the front row. We were, but we had a nice vantage point
1: of, of the um, the musicians. Which I like. I like me to too. see behind the scenes. I like to see behind the scenes, behind the magic. But yeah. some people don't. And I get
0: that. Yeah, they want to see. It's impressive to see people um perform their craft. Um, I think I think actually we had the best seats because we had the vantage yeah. point of them and a the nice
1: vantage point of the performers. It was yeah. it was really special. It made me miss being in an orchestra because of all the little jokes that they shared when they were tuning up and stuff. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, it was sweet. Yeah, that's, cute. that's the best time before you even yeah. play. Yeah, it was <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Um adorable. So and it was packed. Yeah, it was so, full house.
0: Full house that, which is I good to see. It yeah, it was excellent. Nice
1: to see.
0: So Handel's Amadigi, I'll give you a very kind of brief uh synopsis. Apparently it's not one of Handel's um most uh uh widely
1: performed operas. I'd never heard of it.
0: No, Actually. me neither um you would heard of handle yeah
1: heard of Handel. Messiah
0: yeah yeah no I'm a DG no I'm a DG um so brief synopsis so it's described here as a chivalric romance about three young people imprisoned by a sorceress um I, I think that pretty much sums it up I, I don't think you need yeah. to necessarily
1: know more about the plot than that but there, there, I don't think there is more plot. It just becomes more of a sort of emotional uh, play on the relationships that they all have with each other. Yeah. That, that, that's it. The plot doesn't necessarily move forward in a sense of like, oh, like one action-packed segment to so the next. It's like all about yeah. internal struggles with the relationships they have with each other, I guess. Yeah, and I wonder whether
0: that's symptomatic of the majority of opera that exists. It's very hard for us to be able to answer that.
1: True, but I I think... I the
0: sense that maybe, yes, it is.
1: It is. I, I think that opera lends itself well to focusing and dwelling on emotions for a prolonged period of time that normally you wouldn't have in any other medium because you, like, need to move on to, like, the next thing yeah whereas like an opera it's like no 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 i'm not gonna move on until i'm ready to move on and you'll it, listen it requires
0: <laughs> a staggering amount of of patience and it's yeah. you know i get the feeling also that they're quite long when i yeah. got out of um i dg and i couldn't stop thinking about it and i just wanted to satisfy that void that it kind of left me with so i went and looked at you know the twenty um the greatest operas that were voted for uh by i think bbc listeners and um the marriage of figaro came at number one went to go and check that out it's over three hours long so i'm gonna need to do it in (laughs) sittings. yeah you're definitely
1: that they're all they're all like epic sagas pretty much like you're not gonna get any with a shorter running time than like
0: three hours minimum three three and a half yeah um so in many ways i mean my thing has always been opera isn't for the masses and i think over the years there's been an attempt to make it more approachable in one way or another to a a wider audience Mm -hmm. um and i think certainly i i think that's probably the intent behind it was the english touring opera that that we saw Um, and i i think they would be really encouraged to hear that you know through that performance it's lit a little fire in me and it's broken down a lot of my prejudices yeah um i mean it's a culture shock i think is the first thing i would say because it says in italian with english subtitles so yeah I love watching foreign films, so I'm like, great, I'm mm-hmm. not a stranger to having yeah, not an issue. titles and, and absorb them at a kind of um, mm-hmm. fast pace. You don't need to absorb them at a fast pace. Nope. You can have yeah. a sentence on the screen, you know, for about, about 25 minutes, 15 minutes, and it's yeah. a lot of singing around the words that are yeah. on the screen. So it's a major adjustment um that you need to kind of make uh it probably it probably took me till the end of act one to be like right I have a handle on what's going on here um yeah. I'm willing to go with it though because it completely I don't know it just captured my heart yeah uh, in a really did special quite, uh, way
1: an emotional
0: connection to it I did completely I cried twice yes. I cried during Dardano's lament um so that there is quite it's a bit of a kind of love kind of I guess
1: quadrangle quadrangle yeah it's it's um it reminded me of a lot of like kind of classic Shakespeare plots where kind of like um Twelfth Night where it's like four kind of main characters and like there's usually two people that are in love with each other but there's like a sort of confusion going on and different Mm. people have a one-sided love with them and then they try different plots and trickery to get them for themselves and then xyz goes wrong and people don't know that they're lying to each other it was a very classic shakespearean plot to me and i enjoy um classic kind of Shakespeare. Plots like that that are all about kind of deception and the human condition and love and lies and jealousy Mm -hmm. and things like that. I do enjoy that. Um. So yeah, I enjoyed the the plotline of that. that I thought it was a good concept. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, that. The
0: Marriage of Figaro, I'm only about 25 minutes in and already there's been at least three separate scenes where people have overheard things and people have not realised that. that they've overheard things. And yeah. the audience are in on it and some of the cast are in on it. Some of them aren't. So there's all of that kind of plot devices yeah. going on, which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, I cried during Dardano's lament. She's realising that um, Oriana. I should definitely point out and give credit to the, the actors, the performers. Yeah. Uh, so you've we had, there's different people playing different roles depending on which leg of the tour you see. Yeah. So Amadiji, depending on where you would have seen it, would have either starred William Towers or Tim Morgan. No. I think we saw the Tim Morgan one. I can't be sure. I would need to look that up. Edit and Julie here. The performance that we saw, the title role of Amadigi, was played by William Towers. Sorry, William. And then you have uh, Francesca, uh, apologies if I don't pronounce these names correctly, uh, Che Gina. Or Jenny Stafford as the sorceress Melissa. I think we had Jenny Stafford because I've I think I've seen Francesca play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite quite good actually. And we will we will include a couple of of clips. Uh, yeah. English Tour and Opera did have got some YouTube short clips. I think there's seven of them in total where it's, it's different performers um showcasing their skills. Uh, but yeah, we had Jenny Stafford as the sorceress Melissa, who was amazing. Um, melissa
1: was hands down my favorite no contest
0: really really kind of she played cruel and vindictive but balanced with really like moments of being tortured and burdened by you know um Love that isn't requited for Amadigi. Um, So did yeah. the um, Rebecca um, Rebecca afonwe Jones, I think, is Dardano who's in love with Oriana. Yeah. Second
1: think, favorite
0: pledged to yeah Amadigi. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I, They were all amazing. Um, yeah, they're all so
1: talented and amazing. But like character wise, um, Melissa and Dardano were my my top two. Yeah, I don't know. I think
0: I. I think I was quite pulled along by by Amadigi. Um his voice was so amazing. What what do you call that register that he would have sang in? It was like a pure
1: quite high, wasn't it? It, it, it was like a oh god. It was it almost could have been contralto like it was going into like the traditionally female register I would say. Yeah. So like so like countertenor is the high technically meant to be the highest male voice but i feel it was even higher than that i feel it was like a pure like contralto situation where it was almost going into what would traditionally be a female voice for me hey it's uh editing that here the word that you're looking for is actually falsetto not countertenor not contralto nice try though anyway as you were And it's not; it's really hard to do because, like, especially sustained. Because, like, obviously, obviously, people can sing in that register, but it's never anyone's like natural register. Mm. So that's I was going to ask you as well. What or that—that is something you would need
0: to specifically train to be able to sing at. Yeah, that register.
1: But you get people that are naturally like tenor range, and then there's certain people that can push it. To like counter tenor but
0: not everyone yeah. can do that so I, th- I thought it gave him a kind of um there was a softness and a, and a gentleness to the way that um i'll need to find out whether it was william towers or tim morgan yeah <laughs> i will find that out still william towers julie but
1: um, I, I get that it was like a sort of other side to sort of maybe more traditionally masculine yeah. sort of um baritone that you would normally get maybe i think so and i think
0: his relationship yeah. with with Oriana, their little relationship is 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 quite it's quite sweet and quite innocent and i think it's it really probably what that relationship was to me was symbolic of um you know, purity and innocence yep. and, and virtuousness and m- more so because actually you don't see a massive amount of stage time with Oriana and Amadeji even though they're the kind of two central lovers um, yeah. like there's not a massive amount of time and I think that's maybe what you struggled with slightly was was investing in a relationship that you're not given actually much time time
1: to invest in i just struggle with the dynamic in situations like that like so i'm going to use shakespeare again mm. opera people are probably like can you just which is stop fair shakespeare totally um, fair. But It kind of reminded me of the sort of othello desdemona dynamic which is a couple that are kind of have like a sort of innocent, um, like requited love for each other. They're kind of separated for quite a, a large amount of the play. So you don't really get to see their connection together and, and the connections that you do see kind of become, become ruined by a lie that is told that Othello then believes. Which kind of happened in Amadeji as well because he kind of witnesses something that like sort of um, uh, ruins the relationship or the trust that he has in her for him. And that trope really annoys me because it's like time and time again we see this and I'm like was the love really pure if you believe that the love of your life would be unfaithful to you? Like yeah that that annoyed me and it's it, not just in Amadeji like that is a trope that happens like over and over throughout history and I get it's like an old story like come on like it was written years ago and so was like all of these Shakespearean things that I'm referring to so I get that but that that type of relationship always kind of never I, I can never fully connect with it because I think it's all not surface level, but we 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 don't get to see the real aspects of the relationship. And when a sort of real problem does occur, i. e. Amadeji questioning um, Oriana's fidelity, kind of thing to him, it's as if like it's all it all collapses just from that one thing. And I'm like, well, was it even a really strong relationship if it's collapsed
0: already? I think I saw it as it every one of those characters, to whatever extent is in a state of psychological torture and yeah. um, perceiving things it's, it's really all about perception so when Melissa realizes that she, for whatever reason the curses the spells that she's trying to cast on Amadiji to make him love her or um, or to kind of warp him against or to weaken him aren't working. She resorts to psychological torture and she can't enchant him. So she enchants this pool that you're supposed to be able to look in and see if your lover is being faithful. And
1: yeah.
0: not just Amadiji, with, with all of them, you see them suffer to some extent from their own paranoia and fears surrounding yeah. love. And that was intensely gripping to me because it shows how, how strong those um, imaginings can be. Um, yeah. And again, like being in lockdown and actually being separated from other human beings might not be for everyone but for me it's really intensified that being in your own head with wrong perceptions and imaginations that that probably have no basis in reality and i think that's where i've been able to emotionally um resonate and identify um with all of the characters at certain extents um What else was I going to say there? I had another little (laughs) thought flying
1: around my head that I now can't think. I feel like I could only resonate with the ones that you probably weren't supposed to resonate with, which is what always happens to me. Like, I always resonate with the villains of the piece. I've put villains in the very comments, but you can't see that. Because I feel like they are more uh, emotionally relatable. That makes sense because they aren't projected to be these people that are necessarily innocent and good all the time and make great right decisions
0: well you could because you could definitely I'm, argue that they're, they're more multi-layered
1: yeah um. i would that, i think that's it i think with the hero characters again i'm putting them in graphic commas because throughout the story obviously amadeji does make some wrong decisions because a human being etc etc but, um, like, the hero characters in most, uh, like, kind of old style storylines, like that, like in Shakespeare plays, etc., are very one dimensional to me because you don't get to see a lot of the other aspects of the character, which is not a detriment to the character, perhaps, but, like, just the amount of time that you have to explore the sort of whole plethora of characters if you will yeah but they always they always seem to make the villains of the piece more two-dimensional don't they at least yeah in well, a way
0: yeah and I, I, I definitely yeah they weren't cut and dried villains in the sense yeah. that they didn't get an, an an idea into like all of them are struggling with um kind of warfare that's going on in their minds and it's how mm-hmm. They each character chooses to overcome that, whether they're going to succumb to um, using manipulation desire. to yeah. get what they want, or whether they're going to s- step to a kind of more virtuous path to to get yeah. to where they need to be and make yeah. good kind of sacrificial decisions. Yeah. Um. Like I did think that scene where Melissa I, the, Dardano is very interesting to me. and um, Not Verdano! least. Not least because the woman that played Dardano, we've checked you out on Instagram, girl. You love corgis, and we
1: like that. (laughs) We do. We love corgis. Loved your performance, by the way, FYI. So good. Dardano, I would say, is actually probably the most relatable. Yeah. I would say so there's a bit of everything, and I think it's so interesting. Yeah.
0: You know, when Melissa's trying to say to Dardano, take on the appearance of, of Amadigi, then yeah. Oriana will love you. And Dardano knows that that isn't the kind of love that he wants from Oriana. He wants Oriana to choose him, and Melissa's yeah. like, it'll feel good for a second, it'll give you a yeah. taste of. You know, but they know that it isn't, that it's not true, it's not real love.
1: Yeah, and, and that kind of wrestling even between them
0: was really interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, totally. There was like a total power play dynamic between Dardano and Melissa as well. And like, it was actually really sad, that scene with Dardano because it was oh, kind of like, totally he, was so, sad. he was so aware that it was all false and fake and that mm. she didn't really love him. But he knew that it was as close as he'd ever get to her, showing him any type of
0: yeah.
1: kind of love or the type of love that he wanted from her. So that was sad. Yeah dude, it's a <laughs> lot. Hurt our battle.
0: And then I, I cried at the end, at the, at the happy ending. I mean that that's. I was talking to my mum about that actually, and she said that sounds. Oh, quite that was insanity. Because, yeah, but, I mean operas don't usually have a happy ending. Opera fans, if there are any listening, yeah. Um, number one, we're really sorry for being complete ignoramuses. We're actually not sorry, but um you know, no, we're we never mean, sorry. Yeah, we we don't mean to um, turn turn you. us off if you don't agree. Yeah, but sure, actually they'll don't, don't be switching off. The, the yeah, men hear but... me say that my only inroads to opera is the Phantom of the opera that's mine's is uh fraser get get rid of these (laughs) girls i'm a way back to classic fm's podcast i'll see you later yeah um he jumped
1: off at fraser genuinely
0: yeah genuinely if there are any still (laughs) listening please let us know does opera typically have a tragic ending i think Uh, it's more like the shakespeare
1: thing again where Mm -hmm. tons and tons of tragedies right but then there's like a few random wee comedies that kind of go down the sort of completely ridiculous fantasy route almost. I totally. Think. And so I looked
0: this up. I had heard of this phrase. Mm-hmm. So so what Amadigi employs at the end is something called... Ugh, the pronunciation is going to be all over the joint here. Uh, Do's ex machina.
1: Yes. Have I said that correctly, Natalie? Completely. I feel that was the name even of a film recently. Correct. It is. It's a, it's a sci-fi movie that plays on the concept mm-hmm. because it's all about kind of like uh, man-made cybernet- cybernetics and like reality and uh, fantasy yeah. in the real world of the computer-generated world. They also oh, did nice. um they also did, Yeah. There's also a video game called mm-hmm. do sex uh which is kind of the same
0: thing yeah kind of matrix matrixy style yeah so it's it's pretty wild um it is a latin for god out of the machine and is a plot device where an unsolvable problem is suddenly and abruptly resolved and it, it very much is um, yeah. the 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 set the the backdrop, which you particularly liked, has a big eye, and it uh, has a weird head. like it'll be lit up in green, or it'll be lit up eye. in red, depending on the, the emotion that's being. It's a real. weird Illuminati eye. Oh, bit, Illumi- yeah, it's a big Illumina Illuminati eye. You, look, yeah.
1: Didn't
0: you. yeah. <laughs> we me and Natalie stumbled across a YouTube channel um by someone called Illuminati. Illuminati. And and she she had a, a big eye, a sweater, and a little skirt on. Uh, shout out to Illuminati
1: if you're yeah,
0: listening. Yeah, yeah, we, we know who you are. We've seen your videos. There's very yeah. little on YouTube we haven't seen.
1: No, um,
0: but uh, yeah, a little Illuminati eye And at the end, it opens up and a little kind of cherubic boy pops out, like a little but angel.
1: It was adorable. It was a absolutely totally adorable.
0: adorable. And apparently, depending on you know which leg of the tour, they have a, a, a different little boy for, for each night. And, and he comes out and he, and he kind of, you know, and essentially what happens at the end um, is Melissa realizes that none of her, her plotting has worked and, and she goes to to strike Orianna down and she's prevented by, by doing so. And, um, you know, eventually I think she takes her own life you know, she ultimately women. sacrifices herself yeah. yeah yeah it's super sad and then, um, <sighs> but so then, the, again little cherub cherub comes out and uh, i kind of pronounces a, a blessing over the couple and it, it and i and dad I, look I, I i cried at that too it, it really made the tears were rolling down my cheeks <laughs> i could not stop them from coming it was
1: so beautiful I only cry at, like, ridiculously stupid things, of course. (laughs) So, of course, I didn't have an emotional response to this. But I did love it because it was really cute and funny because the little boy sang in English. That was the first time that English had been sang all night. And and the subtitles... The subtitle switched to Italian on the screen and the actors below just looked really confused, but like went with it. It was so funny. Like it was it kind so of invo- fun. It was yeah, like, like a kind of breakdown I mean, of the fourth you think wall. That's symbolic of something that they chose to do that? Or what what was your thoughts I on that? Because it- I never asked you. I think it was to play into the whole do sex machina kind of thing, like oh, this is so ridiculous. This is like kind of part of we behind the scenes for us, isn't it? Like, yeah, come on, guys, join in the fun, huh?
0: Let's yeah, have a happy ending, a
1: reversal of things, yeah. Almost. yeah and I love like repetition
0: strange. of as well. At the beginning, when you first see Oriana, I, I just thought this was adorable. I was on board with this from minute one. From minute one, so you see Oriana and the little door um opens up to show you that she's behind these kind of silly bars jail that cell and kind of pulls out of the way like a yeah. jail cell and on the door it's got the little tally marks for all of the days yeah. captivity and she's sitting in, the, in a little scarf yeah. and it was i mean it, if there was nothing that was going to be more relatable to me in that moment as someone <laughs> you know who lives on the yeah, r- cross stitch with my cross stitch that i've recently taken up and got super into um, and she had Julie's a amazing
1: on. at cross stitch by the way she didn't look glamorous say that again Julie's amazing at cross stitch by the way <sighs> amazing no um, honestly so talented so talented Oh, doing pure good. like doing pure intermediate to hard cross stitch like as the first cross stitch you picked up basically.
0: That was a trip, dude. I mean, basically how this emerged um, was myself and my friend Christy were going um, to one of Glasgow's very fine shopping centres um, off the motorway. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm avoiding naming it. I've- we can
1: advertise. No one knows that we're here. Yeah, Go we went it. to the fort, um, <laughs> and I went. To- Shout out to the fort. If you want to enter a sponsorship deal with us, we'll be up for it. <laughs>
0: Who <laughs> <laughs> went to Brayhead? Um but yes. Yeah, um, we went, we went, and, and, and like, let's go in hobbycraft. And I'm like, Yeah, I, I mean I guess. I mean, I think she thought because um typically drawing and painting has been my thing I did a bit of life drawing um when lockdown first started last summer and um but I go through phases with drawing and painting where it's all I want Mm -hmm. to do and and it's all I will do for months on end and then I'll do nothing for months um and it's just like a weird temperamental thing so I said yeah Yeah. I've kind of been off my art I had a bad experience painting an arm and that's put me off for like (laughs) 100 years so but then but then we passed the cross stitch section i saw a little bookmark with a design i liked from the national gallery or whatever and uh, i thought how hard can it be i mean i once had a high school teacher that that actually and i quote said i hope you never
1: take textiles as an option for your gcse's i was that i hope that all the teachers that have ever told children that they can't do stuff are dead now (laughs) sorry (laughs) also kind of not sorry because you either you either need to leave the profession guys or uh meet your maker that's all I'm saying. some teacher that said opera's not for you yeah <laughs> probably the same. wrong
0: yeah so um so yeah I looked at it how hard can it be you know like I can do this but I, it wasn't until I got the little bookmark at home I noticed it said intermediate on the back and I went oh but I, said, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's turned out it's fine but um, but yeah, Orianna sitting in her scarf and, mm-hmm. and, you know, she's got little tally marks on that scratched into the door um, and with the kind of prison bars that are set up, it, it really did make me think of all of the times where I'd been stuck in my flat, you know, working from home as well and looking at the my blinds. And my blinds in my living room or my, or my bedroom sometimes kind of looking a bit like prison bars and my kind of darker yeah. moments. So just to that. see her kind of with glasses on um, knitting and, 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 and all of that kind of prison it's imagery, it, it really made me relate to her. And I, I just thought it was it was so sweet. And I, I like those little, you know, I don't know whether I would necessarily be ready to see an entire play or to read an entire book or to see a film on someone's experiences in lockdown. Yet I think that's going to be a long time before I'm able to right. do that, but it's nice to have a little nod to it. Um, I, I wonder whether that's been something that they've specifically chosen for this um, particular tour of Amadiji, but it, it was sweet. Yeah. It, it made, uh, there was that like, kind of tiny little moment where it made opera, relevant to me and made and made me feel yeah. something other than you know big frocks and big voices um it kind of humanized it and it was little touches like that that just made it so unbelievably special um, and yeah, I've got home and tried to find performances of uh, *Marriage of Figaro* and subscribed to the National Theatre. I love how adorable. like I'm massively into theatre, but it's taken Opera to get me to pay the nine ninety nine a month subscription <laughs> to the National Theatre. Well done, Opera. Um, it's well done. It, to it's you. Created quite an insatiable desire in me for more.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: You may be less. I'm glad.
1: Um, I. Enjoy- you know something, right? I enjoyed it. Glad that I did it. But for for me, at the moment, there's all- also, D G obviously, is its own thing. Like, apparently it's quite different from all other types mm-hmm. of opera. So, mm-hmm. like, I totally get that I don't have a representation of, like, what all opera is like um, at all. Mm-hmm. But I- I'm glad that we went to see a kind of more stripped-back character and plot wise one first because i think i would have been completely overwhelmed otherwise
0: yeah
1: like for me i understand why opera is the way that it is like so obviously quite a lot of the areas and stuff are really long and it's to show off the skill of the opera singer because like I'm not refuting the fact that everyone that was in that performance was super talented and opera singing is something that you need to train for years to do not everyone can do it not everyone's voice can do what theirs can do and when you are eventually able to do it it's after years of discipline training so Mm. like I totally understand um the point of trying to show that off Mm-hmm. But, then I, I, but then I got too into the performative side of it where I'm like, well, okay. So this aria that's lasted like 20 minutes has shown me that this person has like a vocal range between like X and X, right? And that's super impressive. But I'm like, other than that, like, why was it there? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, started, so I started to get too like behind the scenes of it all. Like, okay, so that composer has decided to put this in to show off the skill of the singer. And that's why that's there the same way that maybe like a poet decides to write something in a certain way to show off their skill with words, or yeah. like, yeah, or like a painter decides to paint something this way because so, it shows their skill in like a certain type of style. There's like
0: an emotional disconnect, or the potential for, yeah, emotional disconnect, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah like, I can't, I can't coming out of the story sometimes and being like, okay, so that person's been singing that note like over and over. Like, it's 15 <laughs> times, which, in the same way, which is so impressive because that's, like, pretty much impossible in a live setting. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, have they just written that in to show that they can do it 15 times? Like, so then I kept coming out of myself and doing that, and I'm that type of person, which is terrible. Oh, I mean, it could have been 45 minutes long.
0: If, I... if, if everything was sang once. And... Yes in a way that drove the plot forward. But then that defeats the purpose. Uh, do you know what I mean? And yeah, and I, the I, thing I, is, I can kind no. of... I can kind of see your point, because in that way, that does give you the barrier between you as a first-time opera-goer and um, the rules of opera. The, that yeah. That's where the unapproachable kind of distancing thing comes in I was worried that we would experience I don't know for some I can see every single point that you're making and actually normally I don't have a massive amount of time for performative artifice either but for whatever reason I mean I I think when I when I told you how much I loved it you can have had the feeling of I kind of knew you would and I surprised
1: myself I feel like you have a much higher kind of tolerance and like acceptance for like various forms of art, whereas I feel I'm quite kind of not maybe clinical or I and I think I do have an artistic brain, but there's well, also like a sort of there's no doubt about that. I find <laughs>
0: but, that I find our different reactions to Amadiji quite um quite
1: interesting. Yeah, but I think it's because there's also I've also got a kind of scientific brain. That likes to take over every now and then and kind of challenge my artistic brain,
0: yeah. and I
1: feel like that's what was happening during the opera. It was like, by the way, you know that this is only here to show you that she can sing that fifteen times in a row, don't you? And then, like, my artistic brain's like, no, 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 but it, it it's so but impressive it's beautiful. And, and, and artistic and, and sounds it lovely. That was your inner <laughs> war. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's what's going on in my head all the time, like between. Yeah. So even during like conspiracy things that we've like that before. Yeah. It's like artistic brains like, oh man, that's totally one hundred percent true. And my scientific brains like, there's no proof, but. <laughs> Unless it's Tom just, DeLong telling you, then you lap every word up. I like, am like, oh that's
0: confirmed that's became science now. Yeah. I've probably been abducted even. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we come out of any interview with, with Tom DeLong. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're we're exactly. ready to go at any moment. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. Because shoehorn. Well, yeah. I did bring up that I used to have uh, quite a great love for Shane Dawson in the Conspiracy Theory episode. Um, you weren't least, alone in that,
1: by the way. No. I, I, I missed the chain on that, but very, very popular uh, yes. YouTuber. Yeah, He was. Um, got involved with,
0: I think, the wrong crowd. Um, some questionable things from his past came up, and he got caught up in... Um,
1: cancel so, culture i guess yeah i don't even like again,
0: that term because i feel the about it
1: but but again shane Dawson not alone lots of the youtubers no. especially the beauty youtuber community has been truly demolished and some of it quite rightly rightly spoke,
0: so there's some people yeah. that were involved in a lot of shady dealings but yeah. uh, shane's released a new video um i won't say much other than to suggest that um If you're a Shane hater, you'll probably already be predisposed to hating it. If you're on the fence about him and kind of look back fondly at some of his earlier stuff, I would highly suggest you check it out. I put it off for a good six, seven days. I watched it today. I'm really glad I did. Um, I still have an awful lot of time for the dude. Yeah. Um, that might ruffle some feathers, but um, it, it did culminate in me going back and, and enjoying some of the old videos. Um, from kind of yesteryear, where, where he talks about insane conspiracy <laughs> theories, like how many portholes the Titanic had, and how that proved <laughs> that it wasn't actually the Titanic that that um. It was another it, bolt Bank it, it! It was another one, and there was confirmed. M- there was deathbed confession spoken about, and I always like them.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we. I mean, I like that our our pod is always honest to ourselves. And if people, if that ruffles some feathers, then let them be ruffled. That's what I say. Yeah. Slide into my DMs or roast me on the page. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, Ali's keen for it, for roasting at every opportunity. Anyway, so. Um, yeah just you try and cancel it for saying that Shane Dawson's alright and (laughs) left alone and meanwhile I'm having (laughs) a mental breakdown somewhere
1: because I I I don't take any kind of criticism ever at all I'll (laughs) take it all for you, give all the criticism (laughs) to me but um, yeah to be fair like so I I was never a, I kind of I was a big YouTube fan um, in the sort of mid 2000s but uh, Shane Dawson kind of passed me by in a way like I never actually watched any stuff, was never a fan so when all this came out about him being cancelled and stuff, I had, however, watched the the Jeffrey Star documentary, like yeah. that he did, which was actually resulted in kind of a major part of his yeah. sort of cancelling
0: process. Think so. I think that but was the beginning of things kind of going a bit off the rails
1: for him. Definitely.
0: But, so I think Jeffrey's um,
1: not a good guy. Nah, definitely not. Like if if all of the testimonies have to be believed from people at work with him, which I wholeheartedly believe uh because we should really start believing people when they tell us things but um sarah hannah that was on the hamilton episode
0: met him oh really she didn't have a good interaction with him
1: oh no man (laughs) he she tried
0: (laughs) it's actually quite funny if i'm remembering correctly um she got a selfie with him and her other friend and when they looked at the picture her face and her friend's face was blurred. His was, um, you know, perfection. Immaculate. And she asked for a retake and he said, I don't have time for you people and walked away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, to be fair though, I kind of At least, like, he he probably didn't have time. Yeah, like I actually kind <laughs> of respect that. Like, you know, how, you know how sometimes like celebrities, oh, I'm using the word celebrity loosely because like obviously, just, well, anyone that's in the public eye and that, has people asking them to take selfies on a regular basis mm. like that must be so annoying like you're just trying so to have coffee with it. your family like why why do they have to be nice to you you're you're yeah. a stranger to them yeah. like yeah. why why do they have to be nice all the time they're human beings like they're allowed to be yeah. not very nice to you if you're asking them to be photographed like every hour of the yeah. day and like <laughs> Sarah so, would probably
0: agree with you by the way I do I now. do
1: agree <laughs> like I like I know I do like no 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 hate on Sarah because obviously that is like you know again in the same breath it's it's yeah. easy to, it, to be nice and kind do you know what I mean like you don't have to be yeah. rude about it but yeah. um yeah so I was never I was never a Shane Dawson person but um the fact that he's came out and appears to be very honest about what has happened and like the kind of recovery and the journey that he's been on then fair fair play to him I say
0: yeah
1: and uh, that's nice and I yeah, think that I'll- cancel culture. It's very dangerous for a lot of people,
0: yeah,
1: and that lessons need to be learned from all, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's difficult to make sweeping kind of decisions on behalf of,
1: yeah,
0: you know, large groups of people without knowing the individual circumstances, and there is a danger in that. But, um, but yeah, anyway, opera <laughs>
1: <laughs> linked to opera somehow, but anyway, but, um, yeah.
0: Holy. We're glad we went. We're glad we had the holiday. Me too. And yeah. I hit,
1: yeah. I hit Julie up with opera facts, opera recommendations.
0: 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm open to them all. 100 percent <laughs> We
1: wanna yeah, we wanna hear about your Opera experiences if you had any. Yeah. Uh did you enjoy it? Did you not get it? Did you hate it? Like let us know. Yeah. It's like that in my DMs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Roast Natalie and educate me. Like yeah. that's the best we can hope for.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but thank you to everyone as well who listened to the interview that, that we did with Natalie's brother. Yeah. That meant a lot. Um where it's thank it's an so episode much. that's that's done really well. Yeah. Uh, and we're really I, I'm really grateful for that on you know Natalie's behalf because I think those yeah. little stories deserve to be told. Um, I'm and all the so hard work that you put into you know he's the, the band then yeah. and how unfairly overlooked they were
1: yeah i'm really pleased i'm so happy that all the hpc loyal fan base out there um that listened in and um, to any new new hpc fans and anyone that had any sort of local band success at any level and uh, kind of experienced the sort of um the sort of pain of uh, any sort of crushed dreams and has the sort of nice happy nostalgia of fun through her memories. Um and I'm glad that uh, Ross had the chance to get those stories out there and that yeah. we got to listen and that Julie had to go through the torture of editing two very chaotic people's speech guys think about her it was iconic man
0: honestly <laughs> like doing the podcast with natalie's one thing but it, it was quite a trip to kind of have natalie squared um, yeah. to, to edit together an episode with her, her and her brother it was it was hilarious and I, I loved it um i really did and um they're both amazing, self-deprecating, funny, awesome <laughs> people. And yeah. But yeah. We're pleased. Yeah, we are. What we've got so far. And uh we're and
1: pleased just, there's uh, still people out there and yeah. enjoying our chat. Thanks for staying with us for so long.
0: Yeah, guys. I the ones that have stayed with us from the beginning. Thank you so much. The people that have just jumped on. Um, thank give you it a few do. weeks We are. <laughs> what did you say? Give it a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, give it literally until next week, which I couldn't be more excited about. Oh. Um, or whenever we upload it. <laughs> no, we will. Yeah. We're uh, in time. I'm prepared
1: in. all the time for episode three, baby. You are.
0: Because time-honoured <laughs> tradition, the third episode of the series is indeed going to be the next chapter of Blank-182's journey.
1: Hold on to your dickies, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold on to your vans, connears, Yes. pumas.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Pack. Absolutely. Dee's learned well. Yeah. About the footwear that blink wear canon footwear. Canon footwear one of my favorite you.
0: episodes um to record, to edit, to listen to is when Natalie just goes off on her love for, <laughs> for, for the Blink Boys. Uh we have so many blank and jokes between us now. It's gonna be I really know. hard. Get into episode to series three, episode three is gonna be really hard for us to remember uh w- what we've spoken about on the podcast and what we've spoken about in we'll our downtime. The yeah. yeah like what's behind the scenes it's going merge into one like oh, melting is... pot of chaos and we can't wait
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: so the blank fans that we've reached out to you're in for a treat guys
1: yeah Like 182 Italia you know I'm coming for you yeah. all you AO3 fanfic writers that still write to Mark you know I'm coming for you too <laughs> Yeah, sure are come on in
0: But until then, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, We love you and we'll see you soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye.